No, it's it's new and de and, and delicious. That's the word that comes <laughs> to me. Oh man, take a bite. How? Okay. Um. Cut. <laughs> Okay, welcome back to this uh, engineering podcast. I'm Thank Adam. You. I'm Brian, and uh, we're here to talk about the same shit we talk about every week. Yes, super and interesting things. Swear words in the first thirty seconds of the podcast, and take our clothes off. Topless science. Ooh, how are you going to keep? How long are you going to keep campaigning for that as the name? <laughs> I just feel like it's more the subtitle than the name. It's engineering colon topless science. I'm glad we're in agreement with the colon emphasis too. I was going to do the same. I had a um, Joe, who you know, Joe uh, Joe C Joe Joe Calendar Joe Calendar, um, who's now killing it. We had like a running. Oh yeah conversation around the office when we were working on no apologies together about the colon uh colons because <laughs> he hates them he just thinks they're ugly and i love them oh I'm i think all they're for, great like die hard three colon with a vengeance. <laughs> you know? i use colons all the time for things uh, yeah i mean you're to... supposed to it's a you know it's a grammatic structural element i use them probably a hundred times a day when i'm writing emails or keeping notes for myself I will give the title of the note, colon, and then a URL link on the next line. I don't know. It just feels right. Because it's a tool, and you're <laughs> using it for what it's for. <laughs> it's a goddamn tool. Just because it's small and composed of two unidimensional dots. dots. Apparently ugly dots. Hideous. Anyway, welcome back music. to Zengineering. Welcome. <laughs> Topless science. Right. Uh, so what do we got this week? Let's let's tease the big one first. Oh, uh, and then we'll dip into the hit list. I'll explain structurally how we're going to do the hit list. <laughs> Wonderful one, maybe. But first, hit me with the big one. Uh, the big one today. We are going to discuss motors, electric motors, internal combustion engines, power generation. You know, something nice and easy and narrow and specific. <laughs> right. Uh. I want to understand why I should buy an electric car. Great. It's a and I know question. that that includes a lot of complicated scientific principles as well as ethical. A lot and, of emotion. But first, let's do the hit list, which we're going to do from paper for the first time. So this time I've I we shared a doc with my list of shit I thought of. Digital paper. Brian's just going to pick stuff. So oh, good. That's how we're going to do the hit list from now on. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I like this format. We actually have already tried this format, uh, but we failed to record everything we talked about. <laughs> so this is now our second time recording this podcast. The last one, we got 45 minutes in before we realized the recording wasn't work worth Third it. time, I think, actually. Third technically. <sighs> <sighs> so we have consistently, we, <laughs> we've been trying, we do this remotely. Brian's in San Diego. I'm in Los Angeles, and we do it via video chat, record it with another app, and we kept losing the recording on the video. So we have gone through a steady process of trying to figure out what the weak link in that chain is, because there's so much hardware in between the microphone and where it's being sent to him, 
going through the internet, coming out the other side. <laughs> Didn't we do a podcast it. about that? That was like a test where podcast. We talked about audio quality. Yeah. Yeah. That was like before we were even doing podcasts, I think. Right. That was just like, let's talk about some shit and record it so I can listen to it later <laughs> and see if we sound worthwhile. Yeah. Well, look forward to a podcast about uh, audio and recording. W- but what we realized the last time we tried to do it, because instead, like, we realized really quickly that it wasn't working. And so we spent the two hours we block out for this troubleshooting. And what we've got it down to is it's an ISP problem. Yeah. It's a bandwidth, internet bandwidth issue. Like, and, it, and it seems to kick in at exactly a half hour of video chat when we use <laughs> when we use a service like YouTube. And we were planning our time, our appointment to do it was at seven at night on Monday because uh, that worked for both of us Ooh, after work. Popular TV exactly. time. We realized that's prime Netflix time. and chill time, which means... And what did we decide is not prime internet prime TV time? Hulu time? Prime Hulu, Netflix, HBO Go? Football time. Oh, and football is on on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> so we're so we're <laughs> hacking. Are you ready for some football? A, a vague suspicion <laughs> that 80% of our country is watching football right now, which is going to be over different information channel than the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and we're using it. My roommates are using bunny signal. ears to watch football right. right now. They're upstairs using HD rabbit ears, <laughs> right? Over air. And so... So nerds can do things on the internet right now because normal people aren't fucking using all right. of our bandwidth. I wonder if people that game a lot were already familiar <laughs> with this phenomenon. You know? Maybe. Like you think it's been a long time are, since I've like, done a lot of gaming. You know, it's a good time to play Metal Gear Solid when we... When everyone else is watching football. <laughs> Guys, Monday Night Football kicks off at... Oh, interesting, though. That fights our hypothesis. There's Monday Night oh, Football. Right. Anyway, so we think we got so... it. Here we are recording on a Sunday afternoon. Get him. Because everyone else is watching football. Certainly, Sunday is... I mean, Shit you're is... right. Monday fights the hypothesis. But that's one game Fuck that a that. lot of people might not care about. That's just anecdotal anyway. <laughs> I want hard data. <laughs> Remember we made a TV show called oh, Hard Data once? We need a second colon. It's engineering colon. Topless science. Colon. Hard data. Hard data. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, get okay, to so some let's topics do it. You got the, here. the hit list in front of you. What sounds interesting? If I remember list. any of oh, these Oh, let's do... Anymore. Let's kick off with uh, Noun Project, which segues nicely into that second one because they're both interesting. Okay. But... You put that on there, so you tell me about the uh, Noun Project. The Noun Project. The Nounproject.com. Nounproject.com. The Nounproject.com. It's this website. I don't know what the organization, if it's like a nonprofit or just like a dude I or think whatever. It might but actually be the United for... States Patent and Trademark Office. Oh. Oh, that's super cool then. It's uh it's this project that I've been following for years for some reason. I'm on their email list. I just find it interesting. Where they're they're trying to make an icon for every word or phrase or concept in existence. So they have like hundreds of thousands of little kind of uniform black and white icons, uh, like icons that you see all over the web or in applications. And you can look up like anything and pull icons for it. And it just something seems powerful and useful. It's like cross language and it's just, it's cool. It's simple. It's, well, it's visual. It's, I don't know. it's probably a language. It's, I mean, uh, character based. I mean, I guess every language is character based, right? 
pictogram based. But not like word right. character based. Every, you the know? same space that would be occupied by like maybe four letters clumped real close together is now occupied by a, a picture worth four words. I wonder what the perspective would be if you came from a language that is like pictograph based. Which I hesitate to name any because I'll say the wrong ones. Egyptians? Yeah, it's an interesting project. I just think it's neat. And from a graphic design perspective, I've done a lot. It's always a pain to find icons. And now you can kind of go to one resource and uh, they've got some free stuff. They've got some pay stuff. Since the first time you told me about it, I bumped into it, I think, I think in Wired magazine. And they were talking about the trademark offices, oh. the, P, the USPTO's interest in the project. Because if it's open source, then you have this set of icons that other people can't copyright. That's really nice. More things need to be not copyrighted or patented. Side note, Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft Google, Google, I think, has has patented or has tried to patent. Uh, imagine, for the listeners, a visual cue. Imagine putting your thumb and index finger to kind of like a point like you're yeah, pointing a little gun. gun at someone and then put them together as though you're making a little square oh, okay uh to shoot like a video or a picture they have patented that gesture or copyrighted or whatever the fuck you would do with that gesture because with oh. their google glass you can hold that up and it'll snap yeah. a picture Ah, uh, fucking kill me that kind of shit needs to go away yeah fuck some of that like the lawyers are there, doing there's that. a real problem someone should stand up and say no how about you make the business entity of the company uh just sell this effectively and i won't right. patent it because because that's me being but a there's it's interesting because i've been studying a lot of that stuff in school in terms of like patent law ip law mm-hmm. and it's the the idea of protecting the expression of ideas um in order to right. promote people to work on them because if they can make money off of them they will is rooted yeah. it's like like jefferson's idea um it's a powerful idea and it's really functional when it costs a billion dollars to develop right. an antibiotic, but not functional when I put two uh, finger guns right. together. Well, and so the idea is like that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> the the all of the stuff of trademark and patent law has to do with how long you're allowed to maintain that exclusivity um, that you earned by putting in money and effort to make the thing so worthwhile. Right. right. For a trademark, if you can imbue it with meaning, you can protect that as unusable by someone else as long as you continue to use it like a logo or something would it would it be interesting to force people who have patents to like annually submit some sort of economic statement that shows hey it's costing me this much to build it and maintain it and i'm making this much off of it and so you kind of calculate how much longer it's supported based on that like you're allowed to make five times cost or something patents maybe right so yes yeah, so copyright patents, patents then it's it has uh, an inbuilt expiration of copyright is like seventy a lifetime plus seventy years or something like that, which is a really long a, time. A totally reasonable length um, <laughs> for you to own whatever thing you created. And a patent is shorter; it's something like twenty years. Um, the idea being, you it's should be able for to different protect industries it too. for a certain amount of time. But then there's certain extension yeah. guidelines and stuff like that. But I think when you're talking yeah. about tech stuff and like, we're going to build a thing to do this. Finger gun square. And then two years later, that product has completely failed. Like it should expire. You're right. It should be some kind of merit-based thing you have to reapply yeah. for. I don't know the details, but I believe the UK or maybe the EU has rules that your patent needs to be actively uh, marketed and sold or else it, it goes away. 
which is super useful. Like it's become a problem in the tech sphere because people are able yeah. to patent really nebulous things and then and then they just mm-hmm. sit around and go after people that actually execute on those things. Yeah. Because this iteration and, and like the process of trying a new thing, deciding it didn't work and giving it up turns over so fast in the software world that right. Google should have two years to do something useful with that gesture. And if they don't, they can't have it anymore. Like they shouldn't get to hang on to that for yep. 20 years as a thing. I mean, Google Glass is already a failure. <laughs> like, and so now they have that shit I don't shit think we want to commit slander on our podcast. <laughs> is that slander? Google Glass is cool. We just have different opinions. <laughs> oh, I hope you're going to break out your Google Glasses no, and then... I was, but I them. can't remember where they are. Um, I should hang them in a more prominent space so that I can be reminded of a really stupid way to spend $1,200. Oh, yeah. Can you sell those on eBay for like 12 bucks no, now? nobody wants them. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, put them in a Which blender. Which is why I think the failure assessment is... Uh, is apt (laughs) it's not it's not slander for one it's not slander if it's true and also it's just it's opinion i don't i'm not i have wait slanders slander has to be false what slander has to be false and damaging and damaging okay so you calling me an asshole is protected speech okay because i can't prove i'm not an asshole reasonable basically okay um, wow noun project really got right. trumped by a side side conversation yeah it completely did but so, this is relevant because it kind of flows into the, this next thing right so we're talking about how long something is copyrightable oh, for, it does. for damn good segue so the next thing that you wanted to, to wanted to hit is Drop library it. of words dot info dot info which i think only <laughs> exists as a thought project executed in real time when you type something in i think so too or i'm certain of but that. it could conceivably with enough space to store it actually exist right and so in copyright law the way something is protected as copywritten and and owned by someone else is if it's fixed and if it's original are the first two hurdles so you can't copyright an idea you can only copyright an expression of an idea okay does fixed mean like written down Right, in some or recorded in some form. It's okay. fixed in medium. It's okay. physical, whether it's on a hard drive or waveforms, video, written. Brains exists don't any, count, some, Right. exists somewhere other than your brain. Okay. And it's original. Okay. The second that comes out of you, you own it and you can defend it in copyright like immediately Okay, as copywritten material. This website has taken, I think it's cool. 320 words it's irrelevant because it it, right. it it becomes everything so but we can kind it's of taken a it string of 320 words and every word in the english dictionary and run through every possible 320 word combination of those of every word in the dictionary it's really hard to describe so in that 320 word so in this database theoretically is Everything that could ever be written in the English language up to 320 words. Right. Think every about single combination three... of every page. That's roughly like a page in a book, right? So every page yeah. of every book that's ever been written is in this database because they've done every order. The first page is uh, 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 300 and whatever times. The last one's like xylophone, 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 xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. But so then if you could also then take every one of those entries and put them in every possible order of 300 right. entries, then you now have every possible English language book without punctuation ever written. Man, this is such an interesting up to project. 300 pages. So every, it's fixed in a every, medium and it's original. Every but a time we talk about this. person didn't make it. So do you do you have the right to copyright that? Right. If this guy runs this algorithm onto a hard drive, can he then start to sue people as his running Google search for a chunk of text he already has that's coherent? He could. He could under current up. law, I think, right? Could he go after them for a copyright violation? Your Honor? Probably not, because maybe, maybe the problem is punctuation. <clears throat> but if he worked possible punctuation oh, combinations into this, then you might start to run into a problem like you it wouldn't actually his case wouldn't succeed because i think a judge would say well it also has to come from a person or something so back to the concept though because it's so interesting every time we talk about it i think of new implications isn't one of the implications that the actual every word i've spoken in my entire life is captured in there somewhere in the order i've spoken it so my life has been written down inside of his database. Everything I've ever said. Yeah, I think man. it is. 320 words. That's news reports. Obituaries. It's, every, it's, it's like everything ever written or Classified said. ads. It's a really cool concept. Tinder bios. Tinder bios. <laughs> you can fit a lot of Tinder bios into 300 tweets. words. Lots of tweets. It's a neat website. And uh, the person who created it has some really cool copy that describes it and will let you realize what it is because I don't think we've done it quite justice, yeah. but yeah, check, check it out. out. Um, I think it's based on an old philosophical... Like, info. It's based on an old thought experiment yeah. called the Library of Babylon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. The Bag of Babylon. Um, but the, the crazy <clears throat> thing is, like, in terms of computational power, that's not a hard thing for a computer to do. Not Arrange to those things it, yeah. in iterative fashion like that. The question right, is how you much can storage space with that database take up more than we have on Earth. You wouldn't be able to store this actual information. So the concept of is he is this copyrightable doesn't doesn't matter. His his system mimics it by like uh, generating on the fly. If you search for a sentence, it will randomly it'll take that sentence and then randomly generate stuff around it. Right. But uh, it's a really cool thought experiment. Everyone it I've is. shown it to nerd or not nerd has just been like huh so <laughs> scope the website it's cool so, yeah go see if you can interrupt the football game upstairs for that. <laughs> guys guys They'll guys guys turn it off i gotta show you this website <laughs> i want to tell you about the library of words.info <laughs> but uh we'll put totally we'll to pause stuff. it we'll pause the game and pick it back up in two minutes that's completely doable but then they might start getting tweets about the outcome but what if before... we miss something <laughs> <laughs> we completely ruined Okay. Sorry for being uh, a dick, I everybody. I think that's it for the hit list. Uh, yeah, that's reasonable. So let's do it. Bam. On to uh, engines and motors. Motors and engines. And... Right. So let's start here. What's the difference between Ooh. an engine and a motor? I feel like colloquially, <laughs> they are occasionally interchangeable. But mechanically speaking, they're two different things. That was my first thought when you just said that. And I was like, ooh, I don't actually know what the definition difference would be between those two. Uh, engine, traditionally, uh, I think of engine as like a, like a internal combustion engine that's like, I don't know what the difference is. We should have is looked it, up the actual it, definition of these yeah, two words. Yeah, right? That's, we should have started that far back. But, but 
Maybe I don't they know are that just we really need to. It doesn't matter, right? Irrelevant. Mechanically speaking. What's the difference between an electric motor and a gasoline engine? Oh, I hope you're going to pick up a little gasoline motor. Oh, no, that would be great. You have a motor in your... You have that uh, that vacuum I, motor in your I think, closet I think somewhere, I, don't you? I have shitloads of motors in my room. Yeah, I have totally. no I have no gasoline engines, though, I don't think. Right. And that's Although a great I example could. of the difference. <laughs> you could not... Even on a tiny scale, like... <laughs> fly around your face, you couldn't use a gasoline engine to power that thing. They do make tiny ones. They do. I don't know how tiny, but though. But it would sputter, sputter out fumes yeah. and fuck up the air in your yeah, bedroom. Yeah, it's gross. It wouldn't, it's not realistic. It's gross. Well, let's talk about uh, each individually so that people kind of get a conceptual model of what they are. Because I'm always surprised. Uh, engines are complicated, and people I don't think generally know like what is going on well, inside and of them. Well, what's really cool is the difference at the end gets us to questions of efficiency, power usage, like what you should do to spew less carbon into the air and the possible yeah. impact of that. Stop breathing. It's Keep actually breathing. a really simple mechanical difference that makes it so that Tesla can brag about their car beating like Porsches off the line. Yeah. If you understand what that difference is, it's, it's kind of not impressive that they beat Porsches off the line. Like, of course yeah. they do. They're employing completely different technology to generate forward motion. And that technology just responds faster. That also draws attention to the fact that it's probably not super important to go from zero to 60 very quickly because it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't solve any problems, which is always exactly. kind of a core tenet it's of a our bullshit. Uh, it's our a podcast. stupid. It's like last week we were talking about megapixels, right? Like at a point that was important for that sensor. And in a very specific context, zero to 60 is maybe important. Right. When but you're you... in your 20s and you're a male. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the difference about yeah. with the mechanically speaking the difference between an engine and an internal combustion engine and a motor is it that rotational thing that i was talking about before is it i mean is the is in essence one just you put electric current into and it generates rotational force yeah and the other one, well, you're one running a whole process to catch linear motion off of an explosion yeah they're very different exactly transfer it into rotational an internal combustion engine real energy. simply you have a bunch of explosions and those explosions push something forward. And then that ultimately gets, because of a bunch of linkages and bearings and shafts and stuff, you end up getting rotational motion that can like spin a wheel. Um, but it's powered off like a firecracker, basically. And then an electric motor is, is much simpler, like mechanically, it's simpler. You use magnets to spin something. And the way the magnets are oriented and the way it, you spin it, it's just kind of, it's already, it's just made rotation. It's rotational energy right away. So it just works the way you want your wheel to work. So it's simpler and they're less parts and they're completely different in how they work. But uh, <clears throat> a gasoline engine, super complicated, tons of parts, tons of mechanical pieces and stuff. And so part of what's interesting is in that idea of capturing, like, so when a molecule or molecules interact to create the explosion. They push out in all directions in a sphere, right? Yep. And so you, you're trying to capture that outward motion, which is linear because it's pushing away from the center of the explosion mm -hmm. and turn it into spinning yeah. motion. Um, there's actually a cool, and there's an internal, I'm sure there are lots of models like this, but uh, the, 
what's it called? The Wenkel engine, I believe, is an engine. I don't know who else uses it other than Mazda has it in like their RX7, oh, RX8. Like that, that, uh, it's a rotational internal combustion en- right, engine. And you can look it up. It's really interesting how they do it. They Instead of pistons, it has like a little uh, s- very specifically designed tr- kind of triangular shape. And the explosions happen around it. And so it ends up spinning it. Uh, it's just very hard to to make and make it reliable because the way it's built. But that's it's a production engine. It's and it's, it's cool because be it's more smaller, efficient, and smaller. It is. I guess it's it's very small. Like you get the same horsepower out of an engine that's like a quarter of the size right. or volume. Well, um, so that sort of carries anyway. us into this question of efficiency, right? Like, let's first let's break down like what it means to be efficient. Yeah. Let's start from like the explosion of gas. I don't know if you've ever taken like for the listener. If you ever take a small quantity of gasoline (laughs) and just lit it on fire, like a thimble full, it goes (laughs) like it's not it's so what that engine is doing is taking the force with which that happens so quickly when you just light it on fire and dissipating it enough. Like if you could take 100% of that force and turn it into rotational momentum, you would just break the mechanical pieces that move the car. Like that's why if you drive over a landmine and it explodes, it doesn't push you forward faster. It just blows the pieces of your car apart. Uh, like so, so they're taking an, an explosion of the same energy capacity, and they're running it inside your car. Little then, explosions. Yeah, why the car's so loud. Right. Go and like it, lean on your hood when your car is running. It's terrifying in there. Right. <laughs> and they're and they're dissipating that energy down to a usable level and so the question of efficiency in that context is how much of that energy generated are they actually using totally it's a cool it's a really cool question because it gets into a lot of different things and uh one of the neat well first of all so i i think generally when you look at car engines they run at like 25 to 30% efficiency, which means of all of the energy output you can get from like a cup of gasoline or a gallon of gasoline, 60, 70, 75% of it uh, goes to something other than moving the car forward. And it usually, it goes to heat mostly, I think, is heat. Like your engine's really freaking hot when it's running. That's why there's a radiator in your car. That's um and then it just it goes into friction and it goes into moving these big heavy parts of your car. I mean, your engine weighs hundreds and hundreds of pounds. It's a it's a major component in the weight of your car, um, and so a lot of that energy just goes into that stuff rather than rolling my car forward. So it's really inefficient. If you think about every every three gallons of gasoline that you put in your car, two of them might as well have just been fucking poured on the ground because only one of them is pushing it forward. Um, and some of that mm. that you just described is because of the mechanical properties of the engine. A big part some of it, the, yeah. A, a good chunk of it is also that we have to dissipate it because there's so much force We have in to. That. So, like, not to go too far afield, but when you think about how a rocket engine functions, a rocket is one of the most effective, like, means of propulsion using that explosive force. Because it, it's way yeah. more complicated than this, but it's essentially a giant tank with a nozzle and you yeah. light that nozzle on fire and squirt fuel on it and direct that explosion so that you can go forward like That's off a great point. the planet. Yeah, you're right? not like, rotating a wheel on a spaceship. I bet you're right. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I bet the efficiencies rockets are really are probably high a really engine. efficient use of that fuel. Yep. It's just a but, directed explosion. But it also 
demonstrates the the power of that reaction. Mm -hmm. And so just to make an engine not kill you, they're already having to employ a bunch of mechanisms to make sure that that spray of gasoline is tiny and then like it only blows up a certain amount and they're trying to make it as efficient as they can. There's also a really interesting... And you end up at 20 to 35% efficiency. Right. There's there's an interesting component of an internal combustion engine uh, that I should be able to explain better because it's it's basically what my college degree is in, but I can't because I got really bad grades in those classes. They were very hard. But uh, there are there's a theoretical maximum efficiency you can get out of an internal combustion engine because of the way you have to heat things up and then cool things down to kind of expand and compress uh, the air and the gas inside of the engine. And so if you look at any internal combustion engine, just from the start, the very start of it, they can generally only get, I think, to like 50 or 60 or 70% efficiency at an absolute maximum, no matter what you do, if you built the perfect internal combustion engine because of the way they work. So they are just, a, they work well for cars clearly in the world, but they are a poor choice when you're trying to be efficient with energy and fuels and pollution and forward propulsion. Right. And Fuck them. later we can talk, <laughs> but so here's the thing, and we'll come back to it later. They're self-contained which is yeah. of value. Um, yeah. In, Pour some in, gas in, in and you're good to go until that gas is gone. Yeah, exactly. But so first, let's talk about, so motors, electric motors. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the batteries, but how, how really does that apparatus so, actually function? You essentially, there are a bunch of different types of electric motors, but roughly you can think about, you run electric, <laughs> an electromagnet. I don't know if people are generally familiar. You can put current electricity into a magnet and it turns on and does stuff and so it's not magnetic unless you run current through it. right and so you you run electricity into an electric motor and essentially you use the magnetic field um which it creates kind of a circular force and you turn a piece inside of it so you essentially are using a magnet to spin a piece of metal and that piece of metal goes out to a shaft and spins your wheel so the way it functions it in in its essence the force is rotational already and so there's no conversion. It's different where an internal combustion engine is an explosion that you're directing in a, in a direction and then has to be mechanically turned into rotational force. An electric motor just naturally does that. That's how it works. So they run on electricity instead yes. of gas. And yes. so you're controlling it with that current <laughs> that comes from a battery rather than a tank full of explosive chemicals. Yes. This is also kind of like talking about the digital, like, like last Don't, week's. Let's not demonize the word chemicals. No, no, I it's don't. It's a pet peeve to. of mine. I don't. No, well, I mean, everything's <laughs> chemicals. I'm made of chemicals. And that's my shitty response to people, too. Everything's no, that... chemical. <laughs> okay, I've got that out of me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's fucking true, though. Oh, no, but so like true. we talked about it last week, right? Like, because the fact of needing to use noxious chemicals for things creates a lot of inconvenience in life. Yeah. Like, like for developing photography, like photos, we were ruining pants. Nice. (laughs) You know? (laughs) What a horrible situation we were in. Another good reference to our pleated khakis. You had to go through. I mean, we used to, I used to ruin, I don't know. I mean, eventually I realized it was going to be the fact that the case, and I just had a pair of pants I wore in the darkroom. You were especially sloppy in the (laughs) darkroom. I like shaking shit around. Yeah. I don't shake those wobbly photos around. Hey, shake it if you got it, I guess. So that electricity stored in batteries. There's a trade-off problem here because those batteries are almost as heavy as a motor. They're pretty fucking heavy, yeah. And batteries are really, relatively speaking, inefficient. Like the amount of energy you can store in a 
gallon worth of battery is not anywhere near the amount of energy you can store in a fucking gallon of gas. Those but, units don't we, work. We didn't. In that we left this part out of the motor explanation, though. The concept that is good. motor <laughs> turns the current into forward momentum at something like eighty-five percent efficiency. So it's really, it's really high. Yeah, I think so. It's better at turning that form of energy into forward motion than an internal combustion engine could ever be at turning gas into forward motion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you were talking about before in terms of the stuff like, you know, the, the right. principles. Yeah. The best physics internal combustion engine studied in college. <laughs> right. Right. Um, studied. So, <laughs> but you need to store that in batteries. So you're losing a chunk of efficiency at the level of the battery, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you losing more than Black what it would cost to just use gas instead? Uh, man, this is we start. You start to get into the black hole of where this becomes complicated really quickly because you're you we're discussing different types of efficiency all of a sudden with uh with the with the engine the gas engine you're talking like a chemical efficiency like converting uh all gasoline into carbon Once dioxide and fire, oxide and water yeah. and. And then with a with an electric motor, you're talking about the efficiency of extracting electrons from the battery, which is kind of a chemical reaction. But then you've also you're talking about like the mechanical efficiencies, which was kind of we kind of glossed over in the elect the internal combustion engine. And uh, you you very quickly get to the bigger question, which I think where we're headed, which is what about all the upstream stuff? What about electric generation? And right. what about so where's the gasoline power? industry? So. No matter what, you, the energy, we're talking about transfer of energy, right? You can do it on site in a car with chemical mm-hmm. reactions, or you can kick that generation basically further up the stream, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a thing I think that people that pay attention these days are aware of, because one of the mm-hmm. arguments that people make against you should get an electric car is, well, you're still just burning fuel somewhere because that's right. how we generate electricity. So yeah. it doesn't matter. and Which is a f- really fair thing to question, I think. It's a fair thing to question, but I don't think it's it's not, it's right. But the, and the reason that it's not right is because people don't understand this efficiency component mm-hmm. at orders of, of scale, which is what you're talking about, right? Right. Because So let's back it up to, we, we talked about this a bit in the first episode in terms of nuclear reactions, but like... In terms of generating electricity, a nuclear reactor is just heating up water that drives a turbine that generates electricity. Right. They should be called and, nuclear heaters, I think was our, our reference right, in the right. podcast. Because <laughs> you just use a really complicated thing, uh, nuclear fission, to heat up water and change it to steam. And so That's if you're it. burning natural gas... Like a windmill. You're doing the same thing. And if you're burning coal for energy, thing. you're doing the same thing. Everything just drives a turbine that generates electricity, and then we're able to store yep. it in batteries. And there's a little it's bit all... of efficiency loss because of the batteries, but they're yep. pretty good at storing and then returning to us usable electricity. They take up more space. They're heavier than we'd like, but it still is probably a better option than carrying the gasoline with us for all those secondary things that come It could out, be. Right? But overall, this whole system is better because- it should be. Explain to me the difference in efficiency between being able to operate the mechanism that 
captures the energy from that explosion at the size of a room instead of an internal combustion engine right well there's a general uh uh there's a general uh, concept that really it almost seems to be a universal concept like kind of a rule of our universe which is you get more when you apply economies of scale when you're a business and you and you make a product and sell it if you make more of them you make more money because you can make them less expensively if you have uh, and in this case like when you have a gasoline engine in your car if you can move that to a big facility and make it bigger and more specialized and and add more components to it to capture more things and make them more precise you you just get better efficiency so a, a gasoline engine in your car might be 30 percent efficient in turning gasoline into forward motion whereas a turbine engine that runs at your power plant that runs on gasoline which none of them do but think through it that way it will they'll be able to make it more efficient so maybe it'll run at 45 percent efficiency or maybe 60 percent. it'll be really close to that theoretical maximum of power generation because it's specifically designed to just generate electricity um whereas the internal combustion engine it's there's a trade-off you're moving the engine <laughs> you're moving your power generation source with itself um, so they're trade-offs. It can't be a huge room-sized thing. It can't dissipate heat at the rate that a big generator and a power plant can. You've got there's so other problems. Right. Well, so that's that's an Ramble. interesting. Ramble. Well, so there's an, there's another Ramble. interesting point though. No, because talking about the burden, like so, think about that equation in terms of space travel. Like, Ooh, I would love a, to. There's a burden oh. when you're talking about a mode of transportation imposed upon the whole system by the weight of your own fuel Mm -hmm. and there's an interesting trade-off because that fuel gets burned up and you get lighter Mm -hmm. batteries always weigh the same well i mean they when they're charged they (laughs) increment very very minutely less just like uh they weigh the same right so in one sense there's a constant in terms of what this device is going to weigh in order to carry the energy to push it forward which is nice for calculations but not as nice for the efficiency equation. Right. But all of that still doesn't seem to stack up to an electric car being less efficient than an internal combustion right. engine. Right, and, and the theory is, the concept that we are to believe that sort of makes sense is uh, the electric car is more efficient because you move the power generation upstream, which can be made more efficient. Um, and it's funny, though, because you're left in one of these situations <laughs> that are very prevalent in the world right now where you have to choose your information source or sources and come to your own conclusion about who you trust and whether you trust them because there aren't individuals running power plants. You have to trust a big power company to say, hey, these are my efficiencies. This is what it looks like. You have to trust Elon Musk to say, we've done research and here it is. Uh, our cars, it's more efficient right. to drive this than to drive a gasoline-powered car. And, and in some sense, those are controlled by regulatory so, bodies, right? Like there's some threshold in which you yeah. can control that because you don't get to be a power plant unless you report X, Y, and Z <laughs> faithfully, right. right? Right. But only to a certain level. And then there's weird global X factors like China lies about that shit constantly. Like they just got busted lying about it by some un- like really harmful factor like last right. week. It turns out they've been pumping out 300 million more tons of carbon than they were telling Turn, us. Turns out year. some major car manufacturers have been doing the same thing. Right. So this well, is this is really complicated. This is like shit. why you need so, certain amounts of regulation, right? Right. Why it seems like one might want certain levels of regulation. <laughs> I'd like to remain editorially neutral right. on our podcast. Right. I don't it's it <laughs> sometimes you need it and you don't. And it's like so when we talk about these 
bigger conversations of law and decentralization that we have not yet done on the podcast, but we tend to go off on occasionally yeah. in our personal lives. <laughs> um, it's interesting, man. Like how much of that can you hand off to Super personal responsibility and how much of it so has to be on a regulatory body with inherent trust. Right. And it, it's a know. lot of, it's a lot of resources too, to, uh, to track all that stuff and to figure these things out. Because take batteries, for instance, there's a lot more to it than just the power generation. Batteries are a, they're a relatively new technology and they require a lot of really harmful chemicals and materials to make them uh, and to have them. They exist. They hold a lot of things that are harmful. It's why you're not supposed to just throw your batteries out. Um, and so what's the cost of that? Is the cost of polluting with harmful metals, heavy metals in all of these batteries, is that better than carbon dioxide into the in the atmosphere? All of a sudden, it's not calculable anymore. It's kind of a like, right. ah, I'm not sure. I ruined a river or I ruined the sky. Ah, what the fuck do I do? You know? It kind of seems <sighs> like the biggest problem right now is the <laughs> globe heating up. And so... The, the globe. So, so the carbon, as far as what we seems like are a told, problem. at least, the carbon seems to be the biggest problem. Okay, argument against Tesla that you hear in the media, which means at some level people are going to have familiarity with it, whether it's mm -hmm. whether it's coherent or not, or relevant or not, is that dirty power is a problem, right? This idea of dirty, like that's a buzz term used to make it dirty sound power. negative. That like CO two like, emitting power plants, right? So coal kind of thing, and right. natural gas are still spitting mm -hmm. out carbon in order to provide you with your electricity. Mm -hmm. Yep. Solar yeah. and wind are not, and that's why they call them clean. But they're only clean relative to the carbon output problem, but that seems like a pretty big problem. Yeah. But forget the, the argument of we should get on more clean energy, like mm -hmm. nationally. But if right now you were going to go buy a Tesla, the power would probably come from coal. Depends or on where you are. Around Los Angeles, nuclear maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. U.S. is not mostly nuclear. I think uh, making this up, my brother's going to nick me, but 20% nuclear in the U.S. Right. maybe. France, for instance, I think is 100%. I mean, you can find re reports on this stuff. There's it's all over the place. It's really interesting. 100% nuclear, which is dirty in one sense, clean in another. There's a right. lot of solar. It's know, pretty, it's, fuck, it's it's pretty fucking clean in every sense. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. I mean, but other than the again, waste that really can. Maybe my brother would fight with me. <laughs> it can be really bad but so so the reason that it's if you've got to burn something to drive your car which we still have to these days on some level it's better to burn it at the power plant where you can have this giant mechanism more effectively capture as much of the explosions energy yep as you possibly can run it through a wire which doesn't cost you much to a battery Right. Which stores it pretty effectively and then generates forward motion. Yeah. Keep in mind, there are so many levels of efficiency that need to be addressed at all those steps too, which is super interesting, but too much to talk about. No, totally. And the Unless you want to hear it, let us know yeah. and we, we oh, can dig in. Totally. This is all stuff that to. we understand and can look up, but it's, love it. I'm, I'm driving toward the specific My thing conclusion here. personally is uh, the hypothesis is reasonable and an electric car should be a better... Uh, use of fossil fuels, which it, it essentially is for the most part, um, and they're a good move forward. But the answer, I think, for the environment, be, don't. If you have a decent, if you're driving a Prius right now, 
don't go sell it to get a Tesla. Um, because there's going to be some cost in materials <laughs> to produce that car as well, and if people need to replace cars, it's probably better to do it on the cycle of just when you would replace it with a car anyway, with another car. Yeah, go electric, but like we're not under some crisis to have everyone get rid of their cars. And buy I think a that's Tesla. a really interesting point. Yeah, right. you bring up a good point. Like making a new car and throwing the other one in the trash, which isn't exactly the cycle, but kind of is. Uh, maybe don't rush out. You don't necessarily need to replace your car this second with an electric vehicle, but uh, it's a good direction. To if head. you want to do it because the Tesla is cool as shit and it's cool as shit, by all means, go for it. But it seems that to be a nice car. it's good for the planet is, is the argument to use once it's time to replace your car. Yeah. So I think we got What's... the difference. I think we got the message. I'm good. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, same deal as always. Follow us wherever you found this. Um, hit us wherever you found this with with questions, and we'll answer them. Or we'll work Which them could into be stuff. Instagram. So do I hope that's fun. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Is engineering podcast on Facebook, right? Is engineering podcast. On, I don't know. Just search. That's what everyone's going to do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just search for us because we don't have this addresses. shit written down yet on the fourth we'll, episode like somebody will that they're just they will have found us through a channel anyway and we will persist on that channel we'll That's get our marketing matters. together right uh so as usual if you're still here thanks for hanging out uh this has uh, been another engineering podcast i'm adam um brian have a gloriously bright wonderful day <laughs> 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 they don't know what I know. They don't know. Uncomfortable. Moving on. I giggle so much during this that it seems fitting that I giggle at the end. <laughs>